Welcome to the Weekly Exchange, an Explominate podcast where we talk about Forex, strategy, and tactics games news, patches, devlogs, and much more. So stay tuned. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. I'm glad to be here, sir. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a state of being. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, I am. There you go. There you you are. You are. Um. Well, we're heading into a pretty busy season when it comes to like you know family and stuff like that. So. Oh yes. Oh yes. Happy holidays to everyone out there. This will probably be yeah. This will be the holiday episode, I guess. Right. Uh, maybe we'll have another episode that's right before New Year's or yeah, but this will be the holiday. Right episode, around so. yeah. Sure. Okay. The holiday so, episode. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas Mer- to everybody out right. there. We hopefully right. will. Hopefully you guys are out there enjoying your family and spending time. And gals, us. guys and gals. Don't right. Forget. You're right. I'm sorry. And I hope that everyone in the community is enjoying themselves with their families. That's right. Let's talk about and friends and friends and And friends friends. exactly yeah friends can be family almost almost as close if not closer sometimes yeah no I know I like my friends more than I like my family sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I know oh man that's another episode actually that's probably that's a episode of (laughs) that's a whole other that's an exposition isn't it I don't think anybody wants to hear it but you know what we have at the gates news which is insane to me because Mm -hmm. I had given up on it. But we talked about John Schaefer's pseudo updates eh, like a month or two ago, and he said he'd like to have something out by the end of December. Sure enough, he does. And it's version 1.3, which to the notes, it says that it's basically a huge AI upgrade. They're actually going to like do stuff now, which is <laughs> it's sad that it took 10 months, but whatever. Um, yeah, so now the AI is much more capable of you know, creating its own little empire and, you know, making jobs happen and doing the things it needs to do in order to win the game. So mm-hmm. there's also a lot of bug fixes and he's promised version 1.4 will be the diplomatic diplomacy update. And that was actually the update I was hoping would come. It was supposed to come this year and it was supposed to be part of 1.3, but he's saying it's 1.4 now. So that will probably be the time that I think it'd be worth jumping back in. Because mm. I think that the diplomacy being what it is now is a huge part of why the game doesn't really work. So mm. hopefully 1.4 will fix that short up and we can go back to it and see how it's shaped up. Yeah, that's kind of a crucial aspect to a game like this. So, all right, moving on, we have an update from Thea 2, The Awake, Thea 2, The Awakening. There's a reason I said The Awakening, even though that's the title for the first game. So what they did <laughs> is they added some of the events from the original game, ones that will make sense in the shattering. So they added a total of 40 events. They added back or in eight new god traits or old god traits. They added the new character class, the inventor, uh, along with class traits and skills. I have not had a chance to check it out yet, so I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like. 
there is um there's a summary screen where you can inspect all your characters very important highly requested feature there's more tooltips or there are more tooltips specifically for recipes and they're adding glyphs in chinese they're adding also uh what let me see they're adding for chinese then they're adding stuff for greek korean and japanese only thing i think that's missing at this point is polish which is an interesting thing to be missing i could be wrong though and they're putting in a whole bunch of fixes that people have been reporting and all kinds of issues so it's i'm excited they're working on their next dlc and at the time and we will discuss this in more detail later of course but at the time the steam sale is on and i believe the game is on sale for something like 40 percent off which is a killer price it's a fantastic game so it's like 14.99 a no-brainer if you ask me especially if you like the first game and if you're just looking for something different this is definitely that game to try out and um another major point is that all their dlc is free so any announced DLC that they have is something that's included with the game. So you don't have to keep buying DLC. So the next DLC they have is they're uh, doing a revamp of the water play. And uh, there's going to be new quests and new events and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it. I really feel like this is a game that we should talk more about. Like, I just, to me, the practice of adding 40 new events and new god traits and new character classes. When I mean, the game came out. Tell me, tell me what time this like February, March of this year. Well, it's it was in early access for a while too, but yeah, it's it's been out for most of this year. Yeah, just to have them continue to provide free updates with that kind of content is is to be commended, right? I just um absolutely. I feel compelled to go play this game, so I'm going to. Thea two compels you. Thea two <laughs> compels you. I just think it's super cool that they would go back and add events and stuff from their first game into the second game that's just uh you know it's just it's it's a great business practice for me i mean that's a, that's for me it sounds like the the kind of thing that'll keep me invested in a developer regardless yes. of whether or not thea really stuck with me like some it has with others i'll always support a developer like that and i'll continue to buy their products because they're just yeah. they're because we know right developers thing. that are horrible yeah and they're doing the right thing so i yep. i want to reward that with my hard-earned money that's right. Hey, that's hey. You know what? In today's economy, that's the only thing that matters anymore. It's true. So, you know? Muha, you're gonna keep getting my money. The end. All right. All right. So let's talk about Humankind, which is a game that we talked about last week when it was at the Game Awards, and mm-hmm. we briefly mentioned the new trailer mm-hmm. and gameplay mechanic about which they they revealed a bit with the avatars and diplomacy. Well, now that trailer is on amplitude's website so you can go down below this this podcast and look at the notes and see where you can click on that link and check it out if you haven't already i'm sure you have if you're interested in humankind but Mm -hmm. moving into 2020 i imagine that we'll be getting a lot more about this game because it did reveal a 2020 release date so we know that that's coming next year so i imagine that when we get together finally at some point soon i hope when we talk mm-hmm. about some of the most anticipated games we have for next year, Humankind will mm-hmm. easily be on that list. Absolutely. All right. Moving on, we have news for Warhammer 40K, Gladius Relics of Words, update 1.4.4. And this is, a, this is a small update. It's just pretty much um, doing a bunch of balance passes, a bunch of bug fixes. 
And one of the one of the things that they fixed is that there's a confirmation dialogue when you're destroying an item, and that's important. If you accidentally destroy an item, and uh, like you click and you misclick and you lose an item, and it's like no, so that's one. Second thing is they're working on their multiplayer code, and apparently um, there there are issues now. I don't play multiplayer, so I've never experienced this, but I know plenty of people that do, and. They not not these people, but what the devs are doing is that they're fixing and a crash that occurs if you have high ping rates, which means that it takes a long time, like you're really lagging and people, you know, their games crash out. So they're working on that. So and then there's all, all kinds of balance changes and whatnot. So this past week, by the way, they had their uh, Slytherin had their event where they were streaming. I think it was remember we talked about last week, like ten hours. Yeah. And they were talking about the new content that's coming. So I'm pretty excited for what the future holds as far as Gladius. Is it the Tau? Is it the Eldari or Eldar? Or I don't even know anymore what people are going to be called. Is it going to be the, <laughs> you know, is it going to be from the craft worlds or is it going to be the Exodites or Dark Eldar? What's it going to be? So, anyways. Well, and this feels like a really good opportunity to talk about that real quick. So, not only did they talk about some of the Gladius stuff that's coming, they also announced mm-hmm. Fantasy General 2 was going to get a DLC titled mm-hmm. Onslaught, which is going to add 13 new aerial units to the combats, to the to the campaigns, the fray. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think this might appeal to somebody out there. But oh, yeah. Distant, Distant Worlds 2 was unveiled in all its glory at some level with the ship designers and some of the scale. So we have on our site a plethora of pictures, I think nine, maybe 10 pictures where they showed off what looks like the, not only the ship designer, but also what the scale of the game will look like because like they have various structures and stuff. And then they're comparing, they're showing the screenshot that compares that structure to the actual size of planets and stars and stuff. And I'd say the scale of the game looks fantastic. Mm, That was, I think an issue with the original game, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of people complained about the fact that like your shipyards and stuff were like the size of planets and stuff. So Yeah, but uh, what about the UI? Okay, so the UI, that's another thing. That's a great question. The UI will be adjustable, so you mm-hmm. will be able to adjust the size of it according uh-huh. to some of the information that's provided in the forum thread there. And uh-huh. I will say that I was a bit disappointed at the look of the UI, but it is super early. They're talking about an alpha build now. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's a and it's, the font and the font. The font that yeah, well, and so the, that's oh part of the UI, God, right? So font. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's <laughs> they haven't learned too many lessons, unfortunately. But that is all scalable. So that's what Eric Rutens was saying in the thread. There was that all that's going to be, uh, you know, customizable to whatever you need, and that's a that's a big thing. That's something that people have been mm-hmm. complaining about for a long time with Distant World. So yeehaw. I can tell you what I need. You need. To I need for it not to be ugly. Not the game even, just the font. Like that font in this world's universe made my eyes hurt. And it's like, you know, I'm not a young guy, so I'm not going to pretend, you know, like I have like perfect eagle vision. But like when you need a magnifying lens to see something (laughs) when you normally don't, especially if you're playing on a high resolution, large monitor and you're like, you're squinting and your face is almost like... Your nose is almost touching the screen. You know something's off, and you couldn't really scale it up. I know that that's tactic. He did a bunch of mods, but even then, like 
still the font was too small. Yeah, I tried firing it up on my 1440p monitor. I couldn't play it. It was awful. And I'm certainly not someone to complain about font size and stuff like that. So for me to be like, oh, my, it hurt my eyeballs. Yeah, and you're a young guy. You know, you got good vision, you know. I do have good vision. I don't know about young. Day to day. <laughs> so, Dude, you're younger than me, so you're yeah. a young guy. Somebody who's two minutes younger than me is you're a young guy. <laughs> That's true. So... Moving on, we have Astra Exodus update, which is twofold. So first of all, they did a dev diary that kind of outlined the factions and gave us a little backstory about who they are and what their role is in the game and the universe of Astra Exodus. And then they also came out with a release date. So they are releasing Astra Exodus January 23rd of the year of our Lord 2020. So, Mm -hmm. which (laughs) somebody very... Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Somebody really, it was, it was a joke and I loved it, but it was, <laughs> the person said, oh, great, our first contender for game of the decade. And I laughed at that because, I mean, technically it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So January 23rd, 2020, you'll have your hands on Astro Exodus. I do believe the extra time they've taken to flesh it out, polish it, mm-hmm. and just make it a better game in general has really worked for it. I jumped in after the last time we spoke about it, actually, and... I was pleasantly surprised by how well it's shaping up. Some of the issues that I've had, some of the polish issues that were there mm-hmm. are all mm-hmm. fixed. So nice. I'm very, very hopeful for Astro Exodus, and you guys will get a chance to play it here in just about a month. Nice. Okay. And uh, further, we got quite a bit of news today. So we have an update from Interstellar Space Genesis, and this is update 1.0. Point seven called the new automation options colony base AI improvements. And this is quite a big update. They're doing a lot of stuff there and um, they're doing automated remote exploration, new automated ship design, which is pretty big because I know a lot of people that just hate ship designers. Just, you know, you put all this effort and then when you play the game, you don't really see a difference. It's like, why did they even bother? There's a new galaxy con, configuration settings they added uh ai colony governors they added colony bases so apparently you can now colonize multiple planets in the same system or you can have multiple colonies in the same systems there's a new colony leader skill there's empire borders have been improved which is good still there's in in my head there's always been this thing like trying to reconcile gameplay mechanics with the reality of it like how do you set up a border that nobody can cross? You know what I mean? Like you could do it in a physical, like on a terrestrial game, but like in a space game where it's, first of all, everything's huge. Second of all, there's three dimensionality to it that you don't really have in a terrestrial game. But, you know, suspending this belief and all that. So they're, they're doing all kinds of, of changes. They've been working on the AI. They made the difficult AI more aggressive. Uh, it's prioritizing research and there's all kinds of balance stuff and gameplay stuff and performance stuff and UI and graphics and bugs. So, you know, they're really, really working on it. I know that they're going to be doing some DLC in the near future, I think, but they're still polishing the base game and just getting it where it needs to be. And I'm glad because this is really like, this is kind this is the game that we want being made by people that are just like us. So it's kind of, it would be as if Explorinate were to go and make their own game, except we're not <laughs> going to do that. Right, Rob? 
I have no plans whatsoever. I think yeah, I'd probably vomit. Right. So good on them. Keep up the good work, guys. Really excited to see the future of interstellar space genesis. I will say that, and I'll talk more about this in games that we played. I fired it up to see how it is shaping up, and I am rather pleased at how well it is. Making, nice. It just, it's becoming a better game. So Excellent. Yeah, hats off to them. So we also have a predestination update, which I was surprised to read about. And okay. Version 1.4 went out a few weeks ago, but now they've come back and they've kind of done what they could to fix any of the issues that came up with them. So it's a little short list of bugs that they fixed and also a load game crash that evidently was kind of rampant. So okay. there you go. If you're still playing that game, <laughs> good good for you. <laughs> and it's also still getting updated. So okay, that's a very strange thing you just said, but okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the nicest thing I could say. So I see. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Well, we've had the last update for not the last update ever. Just the last update for 2019 for PAX Nova. And this update is all about stability and fixing things. So they've been doing basically continuing to take feedback from players. And the list is pretty, it's, uh, ooh, I would say it's probably 40 to 50 different things that they fixed and adjusted and corrected. And I mean, I know you're playing it, so have you had a chance to play it recently to see how it's doing or not yet? Maybe for next show. I just, again, it was, yeah, another thing we could talk about in the games we're playing because I saw that update. Okay. I just wanted to see what it was like, so I, I Okay, let's, save, save, let's save it. Let's save it for that. Oh, man, okay. All right, saving it. All right, well, why don't you <laughs> tell us about AI War 2? Wow, there's a lot to talk about. So Chris Park is a machine at some level. I think he might be part cyborg. But this week, he's released not one, not two, not three, but four updates for AI War 2. And some of them are pretty substantial. I know he's got some help. Some of the volunteers are working with him and just putting out some really great stuff. But the initial one was 1.018, where they actually added achievements, Steam achievements. So they also changed the way that the units were pursuing in their attack modes. So they mm-hmm. called it methodical pursuit mode, which he says is a ridiculously better addition or better improvement at um, the ship's fighting capabilities and stuff like that. So good stuff there. And then we also had, let's see, man, there's so many here that I don't know what to tell you with. Um, then we had slang. I love that he actually, he has titles for all of them, even though they, literally he has one that came out on Wednesday, two that came out, or two that came out on Wednesday, one that came out on Thursday and another that came out on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I guess there were some issues with the achievements. So we fixed that. And there's 139 achievements, which I think is awesome. Well, he also has, yeah, I know. Right. And, after you win the game, the AI ships now go brain dead. Okay. This, feel, this feels more satisfying and like you actually won the game. So there you go. That's one of them. And then the last update of the week was cloaking variegation. Okay. And there seems to have been some problems with the localization of the achievements. So those are fixed. <laughs> okay. And just a lot of stuff. Lordy God, he's got so much. I, I, these, these, Patches, the way Chris works, I mean, like I'm saying, he's got to be some sort of cyborg, but he works in in bursts, right? So, like, 
you know, there was one week where he didn't do anything really. And then the next week he has like four updates to AI War 2. It is on sale right now. I will say this. And it is easily one of the better games I've played all year. So if it's something that, you know, remotely appeals to you, it's only $11 right now. Yeah, that is that is a killer, killer price. Look, listener, if you want to play a game that has an AI that will kick your butt from one end of your place of gaming to the other, you want to play this game. <laughs> and I mean, still and still have a chance of winning. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's very much grand strategy, and I really like it. It's easily one of the best games I've played all year. So if you have any idea or any inclination of playing this game, it's really a good opportunity to do that right now because eleven ninety nine is, I mean, it's a couple meals, a meal, depending on where you are. It's less than a meal if you go to some places. So definitely, I would I would support Chris Park if you guys mm-hmm. haven't already. And it's just a great game. It's very flushed out. It's very polished. And it seems like he's going to continue to do what he can to make it better. So yep. buy it. And we got it. And absolutely. And we have an update for a game called Crying Sons. And this is uh, for 1.2.0. It's pretty big. There are a lot of major... There's a redesign for uh, special officers. There is... Um, let me see. What's another big one? New auxiliary systems, such as the converting damage. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> damage caused by your battleship is reducing cooldown for your weapons. That's pretty crazy. There is um, lots of additional story events being added. There's interface graphics. So this is a game that I've been keeping an eye on. And it's definitely, I don't know. Would you call it pixel style? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's got a pixel art look to it. Yes, it's definitely more. Uh, yeah, it's a modern pixel art. Pixel art, yeah. Pixel art, right? So it's kind of like it's kind of like Dungeon of the Endless, I would say. Yeah, it definitely has a very unique and cool style too. I like it. So yeah, so you like it too, right? Yeah, I like it a lot. I like the yeah, game an, too. So yeah, it's I'm keeping an eye on it. It's just I uh, I'll talk about this a little bit later. Okay, why don't you tell us about the last game before we move on to the next? Yeah, well, and, you know, you mentioned something earlier. This has been an incredibly busy week. I imagine that people wanted to get their, like, updates out before the holiday season. So yep. we have a Fort Triumph update, which is a game that I have done a couple of Let's Plays with and a game that I have been watching because I just think that it's going to shape up to be something pretty special. Mm-hmm. And with that update came Act 2, which is two of three, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so they've got one more act to finish. But they've also taken a look at the skill tree and wanted to provide more freedom. So there's a little bit more, you know, flexibility to the way you can add skills to your characters now. There's also local co-op, which I think a lot of people love. I don't ever play, but I know that they're like, oh, I want, I want some, I want some local co-op. And I, that's something I've never said, but I've seen people ever. Say. <laughs> right. I've never said it, so. And there's also been some graphic overhauls to some of the procedurally generated mini-maps. So all in all, very good stuff. I also fired this up, so we can talk about that later as well. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, so, that's it for the main news. Which means it's time to take a brief pause to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, 
you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Nate, let me ask you a question, buddy. Please. What is Enzone a world apart? Well, this is uh, an American football simulator that is the most amazing <laughs> game that beats all other... F- no, okay, seriously, this Man, is Man, you know what? That's funny, too, because when I saw that first, I, when I saw the name of that game, I was like, is it a football simulator? <laughs> but no, it's not. In fact, it's much different. Tell me about it, because look, it looks pretty awesome. So this, uh, this appears to be another game that's... Uh, um, I guess a settlement builder, but this is a post-apocalypse settlement builder. So it's probably more akin to surviving the aftermath. And I don't know, like at first glance, it looks a lot more interesting than surviving the aftermath. Because I've watched a couple of Let's Plays of surviving the aftermath, and it does not matter who I watch playing it. It all looks the same. That is fantastic point. I think... That was actually going to be my point. I think there's something about this that just feels more uh, alive, I guess. I, there, yeah, for sure. It, it has different biomes. It has like different weather events and stuff that just make it look really cool. And I'm, I'm with you. It definitely looks more interesting. And, 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 and it looks more grungy. I mean, it might not. I, I don't think it has anywhere near the budget that's surviving the aftermath. So there will be some repetition and structures, you know, less variability. But still... It looks more engaging. If you're into this type of game, definitely click the link, check it out, because this this looks interesting. This looks very interesting. And yeah. you don't have to get it on the Epic Story. You don't if you're on Steam, you don't have to wait a year for it to come out of early access. God, I hate that. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, no, I I'm, I share your sentiment. It looks very good. I'm definitely gonna keep my eye on that one. So. so let's talk about. I, I'm thinking of adding a second a second topic, but we'll see how how we do with this one. So, do you remember that we just recently had a, a Steam sale? Like, what was oh, it? Two weeks ago? It wasn't even that, was it? I feel like it wasn't even that. Like it must have been last week. <laughs> I feel like it was, and now we have the winter Steam sale. Yeah. 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 Mm. But. <laughs> The cool thing is that I genuinely like the new the like store. Yeah, the storefront and the theme look really cool this time around. So and yeah. you're, you're you're like able to accumulate festivity tokens. I've got seventeen hundred yeah. already. I have no idea how I accumulated that. Oh, I got. I think you start with a thousand. Okay. And then right. you get a hundred tokens per. So it's basically one penny per token, essentially. Okay. I got, yeah. or or maybe not. I don't know. I got a. I, I bought a bunch of games for people and I got a lot of them, like a whole lot. And I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with all this stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, there was a game that I've been eyeing that was on my wish list that dropped down to $7, which would make oh. sense. Cause I have 783. So it's a $35 game that dropped down to $7. I immediately pressed the purchase. What button. game? It's called, let me remember because it's a weird name and I don't want to get it wrong. So keep talking about something else while I look it up. so i got a bunch of there's one good thing about it something like you can trade five thousand of them for a five dollar off coupon well i don't know how how often you can do that but i don't know if it's 500 or five thousand or something like that but i know you can do it at least once i don't know if you can do it more than once 
So I picked up Deep Sky Derelicts, which was a oh yes, yes, it's yeah, it's a sci-fi ish deep or darkest dungeon kind of game, but it also yep. came with both DLC for seven dollars. Mm. So I was just really I couldn't I couldn't pass it up. It's a game I've been eyeing for a while. I'll have to check it out. I, th- yeah. I think I have the game, but I don't oh, have really? the DLC. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and well, and I've read about it because I've been keeping an eye on it, and I knew that it was full of good ideas, and the expectations weren't met in a lot of the execution. Mm. So yes. I was hoping to see some patching, and and from what I've read and everything I understand is that it got all the patching it needed. It's now very positive on Steam, which at mm. first it was only mixed, and the, both the expansions have been received well. So, so I'm I'm super excited about diving into it, but I don't I just don't know when. I don't know when. Yeah, there's that. All right. So can I introduce the second topic? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right. So I posted about it on Twitter. Okay. And this is the so you know you've heard you've heard of the Broadway show Cats, right? Yeah. Yeah. The movie that's coming up. Oh, it's out already. Okay. The movie's been out for a little bit. And like I saw like some clips from it and I mean, total furry nightmare fuel. This is furry uh, nightmare, like like CGI furry nightmare fuel. And apparently people going to watch it were complaining about the special effects, like stuff was completely wrong, like some things are broken. So what the studio has done is they released a patch for it. They released so a patch? They released a patch for it. And... Um, Basically, movie theaters that are showing it are going to get patched. Those movies are going to get patched with all kinds of fixes put in. So apparently, the movie was released in a beta state. <laughs> We're living in a time where people can patch a movie? Yes, it is. Apparently, let me find. This is oh, hilarious. I think it was God. I think it was on uh, Gizmodo that they talked about it. I'm I'm man, my let me pick my mouth up off the floor cuz I've just I I a patch for a movie. Wow. Okay. Yes, I got it. It's called In an Unprecedented Move, Universal is sending theaters a patched version of Cats. And that's because the CGI wasn't done very well? Is that what I understand? S- something. So it's like it's like they released the movie earlier, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever it is that they did, they had to patch the movie. That is wow. just that's just blows my mind. Can you imagine reading a book? I mean, eh, they kind of do that with books sometimes, but only after the fact, like when they retcon stuff or when they fix spelling mistakes, but not like you know taking whole chapters and fixing them. You know? Yeah, I'm. But I'm yeah. just <laughs> so I'm so confused. Check out the link. Check out the link. Read read it. It's it'll oh, blow wow. your mind. Well, can we talk about something else too? Let's add a third topic because this reminded me of it. And I think that it's actually sure. a little bit more relevant to the gaming community. Okay, but sure. What is the it? The recent release of The Witcher on Netflix. Oh, yes. So the, the mainstream critical media has been uh, unfairly Fake critical. Fake yeah, news. I Seriously, man. So like, let's put it this way. I, 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 ha- I didn't even know it came out. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing about the Entertainment Weekly review of this this series. And I was just like, wow, like it was being universally panned by people that just, you know, from all walks of life. They're like, this movie is not nearly as bad as you're saying, or the show isn't nearly as bad as you're saying. Long story short, Entertainment Weekly gave it a zero. <laughs> and that to me sounded like there's just no way in hell that this show could be that bad. But let's go ahead and take a look. 
And I start watching it and I'm like, even 20 minutes into the first episode, I was like, this is not a zero. This is not even remotely close to a zero. This is actually pretty entertaining and I'm, in, I'm enjoying myself. And mm. I'm now four episodes in and mm. the people oh, who were entertaining. Episode four is so good. Oh my, dude, the three and four were very good. And I've, yes. I've read that it only gets better. So even episode one, which is, a, I would say, definitely the slowest of the four that I've watched, mm-hmm. I I would still say was a very good episode. It's better than most TV. And I'm now, you know, I'm just, and I've read too in a lot of the reviews that the game, or I'm sorry, the game, because I'm so used to saying the Witcher mm-hmm. game, but mm-hmm. the show and the series picks up, you know, each episode getting progressively better and more exciting and more action-filled. And dude, I, I'm just, I'm, I guess I, I'm not that surprised by how out of touch the critical like the mainstream critical world is but this is like this is exhibit a i mean you can't tell me that these people they didn't even so even in the review they admit they never they didn't even watch the whole series they said yeah. they watched the first one a part of the second one skipped to the fifth one and then gave it a zero <laughs> I, I how they even have jobs still is beyond me yeah well you could apply that to a lot of media outlets right now that's true it's so true it's got i mean mean, maybe it's because as i get older i get more and more pessimistic and more and more you know i get off my lawn but you're not that old rob (laughs) i know know. but it's just it's just more and more apparent to me how the like the the, i I just it's funny because i'm gonna say something that's almost contradictory to what i'm doing here on this podcast Mm -hmm. and what we do Mm -hmm. with exploitate but like mm-hmm. it's more apparent to me as the days pass, like just how irrelevant critics are. <laughs> but that's the thing. Here I, I dis I disagree with you. And you know why we're different than a lot of, as you say, critics out there? Because we I, put things into context. Okay, so I totally I'm with and I think that's part of our main that's part of our main draw, right? I think yeah. if more websites did what we did to try to put things into context that you know had Entertainment Weekly put a you may like this show if you like The Witcher, you know, then I would be like, yeah, I do. So I'm going to watch it. Mm. And and if they would said you may not like it if you are tired of fantasy tropes and you don't know the wizard or the Witcher universe or something like that. Again, mm. I'd be like, eh, well, I'm not tired of them and I like The Witcher. So like, right. I think that's how we do things better. I still think there's room for improvement. And I'd love there's to always room for improvement. Yeah. But I th- I think you and I were like the Siskel and Ebert, and I don't know who's who <laughs> of of video gaming because we what made those two really good at analyzing most of the movies that they watched is that they weren't just critics. They did a lot of writing, they did a lot of analysis, you know, so they came from that end. So in our end, that's what we do is we play games. We don't review games that we don't play. And if we do talk about it, we immediately put it into context. I'm not qualified to talk about this game because I don't like it. Here's why I don't like it. But we we don't turn around and say, oh, by the way, this game sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, so we're, we're going to keep keep fighting the good fight. Keep trying yeah. to do our best to make the uh, make our critical voice more, you know, accurate and more... <laughs> Worthy, I guess, is probably the best way mm, to say it. Not worthy. No, not worthy. It's already worthy. Yeah, yeah. That goes without saying. Make but it we'll just more... Keep... 
fine tuned. Mm. I have no idea. I, yeah, I'll think. I'll think of something. <laughs> so tell me, man, what have you been playing this week? Nothing. Why? What is wrong? Why do you have to mm-hmm. work so much, man? It's luck, man. You know, it's this time of year, and in my profession, you work. But it's not just that. I mean, I've been feeling this for most of this year. I'm kind of burned out on video games right now. And I, yeah, I don't blame you. I go through periods, so I can't. I can't like, I mean, look. Before you and I started Exploraminate, this is how I usually do things. I have three activities that I do throughout the year for entertainment. I read, I listen and mess around with music, and I play video games. And not necessarily on computer, on a console, or on a phone, or on a handheld, or on a, you know iPad or something. Just games, computer games, right? Yeah. And since we started Exploraminate, my reading has almost completely fallen off. Right. My, oh, I'm sorry, there's four things. I also watch movies, like movies or series or something like that. A lot of stuff fell off. Like, seriously, from since we started Exploraminate, I did not watch any of the shows that I normally watch. So I had like four, four seasons of Game of Thrones on DVD just sitting there waiting for me to watch. Which you just finished, I, right? I did. I finished it. And awesome. I had... I was waiting on the expanse, which thankfully the expanse just came out, which I finished too. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been doing in my spare time is just sitting down with my wife late at night after the kids go to sleep if I'm not, you know, called into work or something like that. And just we've been watching movies and talking about it. And we're both ooh, super excited. So now that we've almost finished watching what was on the backlog, we're about to got a bunch of books we're gonna pick up and we're gonna reread and you know, so that's that's how I diversify my hobbies so I don't get burned down at any one thing. Because if all you do is read books around the clock, after a while you get tired of it. And I have to read a lot for my profession. So, you know, that may that's a complication. Or if you listen to music nonstop, after a while everything starts sounding the same. You know, ah, it all sounds the same. I don't listen to music. You know, so you have to diversify. And I haven't been doing that. I've been playing video games pretty much exclusively for five years. So yeah. I'm burned out. I, I'm just taking a break right now. I I I'm like two missions out from finishing my XCOM campaign and I just can't get myself to start to start to boot it up to finish it. That's how burned out I am. But I I'm still excited I... to talk about video games. Just <laughs> not play them. Yeah. Well that requires significantly less brain power. So I get it. No, I I totally understand. I I mean hell, I I I can I mean everyone most people know that I took a, a rather long hiatus. So, you know, I I understand. I <laughs> to I recharge feel- your batteries. Yeah, and now I'm super excited and super obsessed. So, which is which is a nice segue into telling you how many games I've played this past week. Uh-oh. Um, is it more than last week? I'm going to I'm going to read the list and then I'm uh-huh. going to talk about a couple that I think are particularly Oh, did you get in trouble? No, no, this week oh, has been okay, great okay. because my wife's right. been gone, so I just have to <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love her to death. I, <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to the show. No, she doesn't, so that's great. Oh, so, because if she does uh, it wasn't me. I had nothing to do with this. I'm not gonna say her name on air, but no, I, I, you know, this is to your I'll wife. Yeah. So, so this, this is, is my list. I'm sorry. You, it wasn't no, me. Yeah. Well, she doesn't listen, so it's fine. But here's my list, and then, like I said, there's a couple that I'm gonna point out. So, okay. Axe Nova, mm-hmm. Interstellar Space Genesis, mm-hmm. Alliance of the Sacred Sons, mm-hmm. Astra Exodus, mm-hmm. Architect, mm-hmm. Dark Siders Genesis, mm-hmm. Grim Dawn. Galactic Civilizations 3, Fort mm-hmm. Triumph, and Rise to Ruins. What about Planetfall? I did not play Planetfall this week. What? Yeah. Okay. 
One of the, oh, there's only so many hours, right? Yeah, well, I played it 1.7 hours is the lowest I see here. Jeez. So, well, there's a couple point twos because I fired up Pax Nova and Interstellar Space just to see what they were doing, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've had a lot of fun this week. I also have had some time off leading up to the holidays, and I have another few days off, so I'll have even more time to add to this list. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things were just me checking in on games to see where they were, and then also whether or not they were games I enjoyed, and Dark Siders Genesis being one of those. It's a action role-playing game. In the it's kind of like universe. Diablo, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, very pleasantly surprised by how good it is. But let me talk about two games that I think are of most interest to this group. In first of all, being Alliance of the Sacred Sons, I sat down again with Steve Hawkins now that he has done a very, very thorough UI overhaul of the game. And we went back through, kind of re... Uh, like re redid what we did originally like so the the original episode where we talked about like how to set your finance set your budget and a lot of stuff we kind of went over that again in the new ui to show exactly how it's done now because it has changed it's pretty wild but the new ui looks fantastic and so we went over that and then we went into some new new gameplay systems and we went into a couple turns and he showed me how like the things i should be looking for and how i should be interacting with these world events and I'm telling you, Nate, this game this game is shaping up. It is really fun. I had a lot of fun playing with him and having him show me how to play the game. And those mm. videos will be up. One of them will be up by the time you hear this, and then another one will be up shortly soon afterwards. But <laughs> very good stuff. And then, yes, Fort Triumph being the other game I wanted to talk about because I think that it is also doing a lot of great things. It made some significant changes to uh, like the... The content, but it also fleshed out and polished a lot of the other stuff. So, like, there's now nice loading screens and stuff like that, which you know, of course, isn't super big, but it does. It helps feel make the feel game feel a lot more polished. And are the, the character variations in? Because one of my issues when I was playing it is that the characters you play, like, there's so little variety in them. They're all like the same. There are a few more, and I know that they plan cool. to add more. So good, that good, was also good. fun to play with. It's it, that game. Fort Triumph is a game that, while I think the development of it is glacially slow, I do believe will be something that people will be talking about in 2020 when it comes out. So nice, very good stuff. Nice. All stuff, all very good things. I've, I've had a lot of fun this week. I've had a lot of fun diving into these games and seeing how they've updated because there were so many updates this past week that I just was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll fire this up, fire this up, and then. Last but not least, I've been playing a game called Remnants of the Precursors, and mm-hmm. it's a game that we've talked about here, and I interviewed mm-hmm. the developer, Mr. Ray Fowler, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I have... Yeah, this is the one is- where he's funding it out of his own pockets. This is a, a re, uh, spiritual successor to Master of Orion 2 as the way he would have done Master of Orion 3, right? More mass- It is Master of Orion 1, basically, only oh. it's with updated graphics and fantastic artwork. Okay. And so spiritual successor to Master of Orion Zero as he would have done it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. This is this is just basically a modern version of Master of Orion One with a new name and all the, the characters you love. But the fantastic thing for us as Explominate is that we were given I was given early access to it. I'm going to be making a few videos of it tonight after we're done here. And they will be exclusive they will be the only videos on the internet with the current build until it becomes available on christmas day Mm -hmm. so that's exciting by the time you hear this actually christmas day is wednesday so you'll Mm -hmm. hear this you will hear this on christmas day 
Yeah, so you can go and download remnants of the precursors. But before then, you will have seen, if you wanted to, my videos of it. So, yay. Okay. I think that's it for the news for this week, right? Yep. And before we go, I want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, all of the people who come to the site, all the people that are on the Discord that always constantly talk to me and make me feel like we're a big, big community. And we are a big community. Yeah, it's great. We're getting closer to 3,000 Steam members, active members. Well, not active, but there's probably a couple hundred that are active. Yeah, for sure. We've we've passed seven thousand uh, curator followers. We're like I think seventy one hundred now or something like that. Last I yeah, and what I want to say is through the group, I'm going to start announcing. I'm going to post through the group our weekly news section that I think some people miss because they don't. Not everybody in the group goes to our website, uh-huh. which is fine. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to start posting the weekly news on the the group site because there's a few rather large. Steam groups that are doing that and are gaining a lot of traction that way, and I'm gonna start. Doing well, I would test it first before you, you know. No, I mean, it's, I'm not gonna. Phone, you know, it's happening right now. It's doing. I'm never. I'm never. I'm not even. Nope. Caution to the wind. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, you have anything else you want to say, buddy? No, just just wishing everybody again happy holidays. Whatever you happen yes. to celebrate, be safe, yes. be thoughtful, be grateful for what you have, and. If there's anybody in your life that can use a cheering up or some help, you know, reach out. This is, I know from from um, experience and from friends, this is usually a really, really tough time for people that have stuff has happened to them during the year, over the years. And during the holidays is when they tend to really get down. So, you know, just reach out, you know, listen. Sometimes that's all you got to do. You don't need to fix their problems. You don't need to even help them. Just be there to listen to what they have to say. And uh, again, huge thank you. We really, really appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, well said. Very well said. Thanks, Nate. And Mary, everything to you. Thank you. Same to you, Rob. <laughs> and until next time, this was Rob and Nate for Explominate. We will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.